Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. A fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer from Fantasy Pros, and with me, as always, is my man Ryan Gilbert from Odyssey Sports and SGPN. How you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good. We're, we're back. Baseball is going to be back on Friday after the the All Star break here. Fun All Star break, whatever you know. It's 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 for for the fans. So. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed that. But yeah, fantasy baseball kicks back off uh, on Friday. It feels weird. I feel like in, in past years there were a few games on this Thursday here, but maybe they, they wanted to give the, the players an extra break. Yeah, that's probably what it was. And I mean, for my sake, I'm glad they did because my content outside of the podcast doesn't start back up until baseball starts back up. So it gave me an extra little day to kind of just relax and play MLB the show and not have to worry about writing 1800 more words but here here we are uh i i I watched the all-star game i didn't watch it super closely i watched every second of the home run derby though julio rodriguez he was never gonna win it he but he put on a fucking show man 41 home runs in front of the home crowd i was literally yelling from my kitchen (laughs) as he kept hitting home run after home run after home run and not to be one of those get off my lawn guys, but I do agree with the people that say they wish they would go back to the 10 swings. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I, li- I like the the timer, but I do want to see the home runs. There are so many like with Randy and Rose Arena, they're freaking firing them off so quick. I didn't know if half of them landed in the stands or in the outfield. I, I couldn't tell because they were just throwing them so quick, but it was a lot of fun to watch. It, it was a much needed little. Just kind of like a fun little game, and then a couple days off to kind of restart the batteries, and we're back at it, man. Yeah, I, I agree with with most of the home run derby takes that are out there about go back, maybe not go back to ten outs, but just have it not head to head. Have it so everyone gets three minutes. The top half move on to the next round. The next, and then and the top two move on to the third round. Maybe even just make it two rounds. Make it like the the top four, three or four move on, and then those guys play for the championship. Yeah, I think having having the outs and being able to to see the actual home runs that land is a, is a big part of it. Or you know, just enforce the rule where you can't throw your pitch until the ball lands, and then then you'd be able to see all all, all of the all of the uh, balls land. But they don't care to enforce that because it's a home run derby because no one really cares. But yeah, yeah, good for good for J Rod there. Put on an absolute show. Uh, good for Vlad. People forget how he just hits absolute tanks. So uh, yeah. Good show there in uh, in Seattle, and, and a good bet on the longest home run under as well with the, the Seattle atmosphere. Yes, sir, and I still think it is so funny how I, I just assume that people don't live in Washington when they think of Seattle. They just think like, oh, oh it's always gray and rains all the time. Because to be fair, that's what it does. Uh, but I would like to point out, for like the last six weeks, it has been – like 90 degrees here and not a cloud in the sky the day that the all-star like the home run derby starts it's like 68 and overcast everywhere same thing on the all-star game day and like today if i open my window right now 
It's like 88 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. So it's only while we're on national television that people got to see like the typical Seattle weather. But now it's just hot as shit. And I'm here for it. <sighs> yeah. That, but that, that, that's good. Before I get that's, too scattered here. Yeah. Uh, Oakland actually did something instead of moving their franchise to Las Vegas. Uh, they have called up two of their top prospects, Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff have both been called up and are going to be making their major league debuts. I will admit of the two, Soderstrom does intrigue me a bit more than Geloff. Uh, he does have catcher and first base eligibility in some formats. I know in ESPN he does not, but there's always an allure to a guy that has catcher and any other positional eligibility that's not like designated hitter because it's kind of fucking lame but the thing with him is uh so he has 70 grade power if you you check his little uh prospect grades on fantasy uh not fantasy sports on fan graphs 70 grade power which is awesome uh but man does he strike out a lot he's got about a 27 percent k rate career in the minor leagues uh and he plays in the pcl which is very hitter friendly now he's got 20 home runs so far this year in like 68 games. So like he has legitimate power. Uh, he gets good lift on the ball. And he is a pretty predominantly uh, pull hitter, which we talk about a lot. Fly ball. Fly ball hitting pull hitters seem to do pretty well in the power department. But the problem is going to be that strikeout rate and the batting average. It is honestly feeling like he, at least for me, he's going to be like a I mean, to use his teammate as an example, like a Seth Brown type, somebody that could hit 25 to 30 home runs in a year, but he's going to bat 218 and strike out a lot. And that's just kind of what you got to deal with. But the positive side of that is he has catcher eligibility and catcher is pretty deep at the top. And then it's a wasteland after that. So it, it makes him intriguing. Did you take a chance on Soderstrom at all? Or are you doing the wait and see approach? Uh, he is available in my my Yahoo my main my redraft league. He is catcher eligible there at Yahoo. Yeah, and I think Seth Brown's a good comparison. I saw people comparing him to possibly Matt Olson if if that power grades out. But yeah, twenty home runs in sixty nine games, twenty nine home runs in one hundred thirty four games last year. The power's there. Average is going to be tough, but like you said, catcher. There's a few top guys, and then then that's it. Like I, I have Dalton Varsho. I'm probably going to drop him for for soderstrom just because soderstrom has a uh, higher ceiling i i think maybe varsho can, can bring it back uh but yeah i think soderstrom is probably definitely worth picking up if you need a catcher if he's catcher eligible if you're on yahoo otherwise still yeah if, if, you're, in a, if you're in a deeper ish league 12 plus teams and, and you want some pop i think he's you know what you can definitely get worse than him someone that's already hit a home run every three games in triple a so i think soderstrom is a uh is a good, it would be good to pick up. Yeah, and, and he is worth at least a, a speculative ad. And I, I like I like what you said about 12-team in deeper leagues. That's probably where I would say he's worth. A speculative ad is probably a good way to do it. Like you, you add him to your roster, but don't expect to start him. Add him so that you have him in case that power does translate to the major league level and he just comes out hitting fucking dingers. Then you've got him, and then you can start him, and you're good. But if you pick him up and you just ride him out on the bench to see how it goes, and he really struggles, like a couple Golden Sombrero games back to back, that sort of thing, 
don't be surprised, but then you could safely drop him and just kind of see. But we've had some really good rookie performances this year. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he came up and did something because Oakland has found a way. Their team sucks, man, but like their bats are pretty good. Uh, so they could find some production out of Sodersham. I don't think they're going to have him playing any catcher. So the catcher eligibility is likely just to be for this year because they have uh, Shane Langlier at catcher already. So, I mean, I, I picked him up in my 12 team, but I don't think I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be starting him at least not to at least mid next week. I need to get a feel for, uh, how that contact is going to translate because I'm not a big fan of the contact that he made at the AAA level. So we'll have to see. Look, uh, looking, at, be... looking at the catchers, though, like Murphy, Heim, Will Smith, Rutschman, Realmuto, those guys you're not going to drop for for, uh, for for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salvador Perez, you're not going to drop. Elias mm-hmm. Diaz, your boy, with a big big uh, big home run in the All-Star game. He He's probably worth keeping. Alvarez has been great. I, I regret dropping him. <laughs> the, Contr- the Contreras brothers have, have both been both been pretty good, especially Wilson there in St. Louis. Stevenson has been up and down. Yeah, catcher is I guess deeper than I thought, but it's just like it, it gets it gets shallow quick. Like after those top top two or three mm-hmm. to three or four, it just gets like the the slop. So maybe you know he has a higher upside than that slop. Yeah, and I mean right now I'd probably just. Off the top of my head, I'd probably slide him in at 15 right now for my catcher rankings. would probably be a safe spot because uh, then I can easily move him down from there if I need to. But he could jump into that like that 12th spot right around where I have like a Cal Raleigh. Uh, he could move up okay. to there depending on on how he does, because I, I guess you could say he he's very Cal Raleigh-esque too. Like power, not a not a lot of uh, great contact, but the power's there like that sort of. That sort of type player, except he didn't switch it like how Raleigh does. What do you What do you think about Varsha? Would you rather have Soderstrom or, or Varsha rest of the season? Uh, uh right now Varsha, but I don't like Varsha, so I wouldn't want Varsha either. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about Soderstrom, actually. Yeah, um, I, I didn't like Varsha either, but he he someone dropped him. Uh, I picked him up uh, over a month ago now off waivers. I, I've been holding on to him. He's just he's been bad, so I don't know if. I I, mm-hmm. I don't want to drop him though, and then have him find his form like he did late last year. So it, it's tough ca- the catcher position, and that that might be just what happens too. Yeah, um, we are brought to you by Circus Sports. Uh, their Circus Millions and Circus Survivor contests are back. There's 14 million dollars in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Uh, Circus Millions is their five NFL picks against the spread each week. Circus Survivor contest uh, pick up a different money line winner each week. Uh, you can enter in Las Vegas, but you can play from anywhere. Uh, Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there the last weekend in August if you want to hang with the guys. So uh, CircusSports.com for all the details. CircusSports.com. Uh, Chad, rest of the season, I think Judge has a lot more value than those guys that you would give up. And it's a dynasty league, so it means you'd have Judge for next year as well. Uh, I think that's a good move to trade for Judge. Uh, does that mean Noda will be traded from Uncle Ted? What up, Ted? Uh, no, Noda's not going to be traded. He's not going nowhere. He's still good to go. Uh, does Paul Skeens remind me of Logan Gilbert? I actually think he could be better than Logan Gilbert. There's a whole hell of a lot harder. <coughs> and 
I didn't buy into the Varshall hype either. I think coming into this season, I had him fifth on my catcher rankings. So I don't know if you count that buying into hype, but a lot of people had him number two on their catcher rankings. I didn't see the game translating over to I mean, this year, but it made sense. So it, it was going to be an outfielder with catcher eligibility. Like, like, like it, it made sense for people to be buying into him. I remember when that trade happened, we talked about it and I was like, I don't see why he's so good. But if you get those numbers from the catcher position, you'll be fine. And you know what? Maybe he ends up with 20, 25 home runs. He had 27 last year. We're hitting 235. So if he has a decent second half, he can get back up to that. It's just not quite the step forward people expected in a, a better, better playing atmosphere and a better lineup. That is true. I, I wasn't I wasn't fully out on him. I just didn't fully buy into the hype. I mm-hmm. I loved the power speed combo from the catcher position. He just didn't make good enough contact for me to be able to say, oh, yeah, he can definitely repeat those home run numbers coming into this season. Uh, he was walking a very fine line between, damn, he's got, he's got good pop for a catcher, and damn, can even hit above the Mendoza line this coming season, and he seemed to fall below that this year, which sucks, but, I mean, that's that's how it goes to players like that. Cal Raleigh's kind of doing the same thing. He's, I mean, he's not hitting that well, and the power's not there like it was before. There's two big dumper references in one episode. <laughs> You're welcome, Mariners fans. Uh, but I do want to uh, cover the other Oakland A's call up real quick. Zach Giloff plays second base and third base. Uh, he's getting called up, uh, and he's going to also be making his major league debut by the time you listen to this. Um, I, I I don't like him for fantasy purposes right now just because he did have a little bit of pop in the PCL, but everybody has a little bit of pop in the PCL. Uh, He's not a big on base guy, not a high average guy. Again, just like Soderstrom, he's got a higher strikeout rate as well. Uh, A guy of his caliber, he has like okay pop, I guess, but I like to see a higher line drive rate. I think line drive rate translates more to major league success and his line drive rate was like just shy of 20%, I think. Not great. Uh, but man, it's it's a tough one. He could be good. I just I right now I I I don't see outside of like a 15 team league, I, I'm not gonna add him. No, I think we've already spent too much time. With all due respect to him, too much time talking about him right now. Second baseman, second base is, is fine this year. Um, triple A numbers are fine. Hitting, hitting 304 this year after hitting 228 or 270 last year, but he was on a uh, team Israel for, at the World Baseball Classic. And uh, in 13 at bats, do you want to guess how many hits he had? I'm gonna say zero just by the way you phrased that. He had zero hits. He, uh, oh. how many strikeouts? How many times did he strike out? 13 at bats. Don't say 13. Not, not 13. He's a professional okay. baseball player. Five, seven, over okay. half of his. Uh, and he had one walk, so uh, 071 OPS there for him in, in 13 at bats against you know, probably close to major league pitching, but yeah, the War Baseball Classic isn't you know the, the best judge. But looking at his, his minor league stats and just what other second basemen are available, I think, especially in Oakland, it's just, just a no go. You know, I bet if you got a couple of hits and that uh, bet might have cast for Uncle Ted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Chad, real quick, said. Uh, from what he th- he's seen, Gilaf, we might get like a Brendan Donovan type. I like that. I, I could see that. Uh, maybe Brendan Donovan with a little less. Is, is Chad just out here average. scouting the A's? Like, what, what are you doing, Chad? 
he might be. <laughs> uh, and he also, I wanted to point out, uh, he also said uh, he couldn't believe that uh, a lot of people thought uh, Dalton Varsho is going to be three to five rounds better than Adley Rutschman coming into the season. This is my moment to let everybody know I was not one of those people. Adley Rutschman was my number one overall catcher in my fantasy pros draft rankings this year. I think I was like 60 spots higher on Adley Rutschman than the average expert. So that's pretty cool. I'm enjoying enjoying that one this year. But I want to hop into some injury updates. First one would be Jordan Alvarez is starting a rehab assignment. Uh, who, uh, I almost said who knows how long that'll be. <laughs> it's likely not to be a massively long rehab process for him. Uh, he'll be down there. My guess would probably be a week. And then he comes back up and joins the team. Uh, and then after that, <clears throat> uh, I just saw that out. They said Altuve is about a week behind Jordan. So if Jordan is starting his rehab assignment on Friday, uh, it's safe to assume that Altuve will likely start his next Friday. So if you're in a weekly league, this ain't the week for Altuve. He's not coming back Monday. He's not. There's no hope there. Uh, so you have to ride him up, ride out without him for a week. But daily league, just hang on. Altuve will be back soon. I have to see how that goes though, because wasn't Altuve? Wasn't it an oblique? I think it, I hate not knowing some of this. For Altuve, I, th- I think it was an oblique. They also have a uh, Jose Urquidy is is on the rehab assignment as well this this uh, weekend. Oh, they're bringing them all back. Yeah, that'll be good. But yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of of obviously. I'm not a fan of any injuries, especially when it comes to uh, fantasy baseball injuries but an oblique is a scary one just because it can be known to zap a player's power even when they come back and they can linger for quite a long time so i mean altuve is already only like five six 150 pounds <laughs> doesn't have a ton of power to begin with so zapping that power a little bit i want to see where he ends up going from here but if he can come back with some pop in his bat i'd be excited to see that but i'm just nervous yeah, uh, I think, though, this could be a good time to try to sell Jordan Alvarez if, if you have him. Because this is when people, you know, he's in the news. He's got a rehab standstill. You never know if the rehab is going to go well. It could be a hand injury that nags him the rest of the season. And they kind of play it safe in the playoffs. So I think, you know, especially if, if you're in a keeper league and you're not going to be winning this year, I'd say probably sell him for some younger players or try to get uh, more pieces there. And kind of the the opposite for Altuve. This is... This is the time you talk about when, like, you know, a player, you get an update on the player, and they're not quite on the rehab assignment, but they, they should be back within, you know, two to three weeks. Like, you can take that hit if, if you're able to get him at enough of a discount. So if you need a second baseman, if you don't think that oblique injury is going to be, be too tough for him, I, I think I think he'll be fine. I think Altuve will be able to, to play through it, even though he has had a few injuries this season. But, yeah, I think this is a, a good time to maybe target those guys if, if you're looking for – either sell Jordan if you're you're not sure on him for the rest of the year or, or to buy Altuve if you need a second baseman. Ooh, buying Altuve, I kind of like that. Uh, one person that uh, I guess – do you have any other injury updates before I move into some waiver wire stuff? Um, I don't believe so. That's all we had all off the top of our head, I believe. Let me just check if there's anything. Uh, Yandy Diaz on the paternity list. Good, good for him. Could be a father. Oh, yes. Um, no, don't, don't really see any anything 
anything much there. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm waiting for an update on, on Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper got hit oh, on yes. the elbow, I believe, Saturday and was removed from the game. Did not play Sunday, but was apparently available to to pinch hit. So hopefully he's able. To, hopefully he's in the lineup tomorrow and it just silences all doubts. But you know, if he's not, if he's not in the lineup tomorrow, that could be a serious issue because he's had a week off now. As somebody that just traded for Bryce Harper in the SGPN Dynasty League, I hope that he is not overly injured and is back in the lineup because I gave up a shit ton. I mean, I didn't give up a shit ton for Bryce Harper. He just, he was like thrown into the trade. Uh, Yeah, Bryce Harper, just just a throw in Bryce Harper. Yeah. He kind of was. I gave, I gave up Ronald Acuna and Anthony Volpe, who I haven't started one single game this entire year. And I got uh, George Kirby, Bobby Witt Jr., and Bryce Harper. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm one game back from the lead in a dynasty league. My whole team is young. My lineup for hitters is stacked, but my pitching is really struggling. I wanted Kirby so bad because I think he has a massive second half. So, to giving up Acuna suck? Yeah. To giving up Volpe suck? No, even though he's been doing well lately. Again, he was never going to start on my team. I have so many middle infielders, and I like Bobby Witt Jr. a whole hell of a lot better. Uh, but moving into some waiver wire talk, one guy that I want to point out, uh, it's somebody that we talked about weeks ago. It might have even been like almost two weeks ago, or two months ago at this point. Jaron Duran for the Boston Red Sox has been playing like a man possessed since the beginning of June. He's hitting 362 with 16 extra base hits, scored 16 runs, and stole 10 bases. Uh, he started out the year very hot. He was a very hot waiver wire pickup. And then he cooled down quite a bit for a while. And the man has picked it right back up. He's 20% owned on ESPN, which means he's probably really? like 60% he's... owned on Yahoo. <laughs> he is exactly 60% owned <laughs> roster on Yahoo, yeah. Boom. I didn't even check that beforehand. That's yeah, 20% good. owned on ESPN. I don't know what ESPN managers are doing, but get your shit together. <laughs> That's absurd. Like, he's playing so well, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, he was that post-hype sleeper status, kind of like Jared Kelnick coming into this year. He was getting overlooked because he was supposed to be so good, supposed to be so good, supposed to be so good. Never was. And he finally, now that the, the lights are off of him, he got the chance to just play some fucking baseball, and it's going so well. well. Uh, I think in uh, ESPN standard point leagues over the last two weeks before the All-Star break, he was averaging over five points a game, which if you can get a guy that's averaging three points a game, that's excellent. Duran is averaging five points a game, which is nuts in points leagues. So if you were in an ESPN league of any type and he's available or any league, format for that matter adam he he's not going anywhere he's putting up great numbers i think he's leading the league in doubles or like top five in doubles in the league which plays well he's got some pop really? in his bat and he's got speed so he's worth an ad and he's something that someone that everybody should be looking for yeah i completely agree i didn't realize he was rostered in that many yahoo leagues even but Looking at, at his recent numbers in July, he is um, 14 for 24 with six doubles, two 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 triples, and, and a home run. 
in the past 28 days, he's hitting 417, 25 for 60. So yeah, he, he's he's hot right now, and he has the tools. So it looks like he's putting it together. Hopefully, the uh, All Star break didn't cool him off too bad. And uh, we're also brought I, I, to you by yeah. Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. All right, somebody else that's been heating up lately, well, before the All-Star break, would be Willie Adamas, uh, somebody that, that I had highlighted before the season as one of my breakouts for this year. I wouldn't quite call his season a breakout. It's only hitting 213, uh, but I did say to expect a lower batting average, so it's kind of what we expected, but he's got 16 dingers now. Uh, he hit uh, th- what was that four in his last five games before the All-Star break. He's really coming into his own lately. He's somebody that makes really, really hard contact. Uh, he doesn't make the best contact, but makes really hard contact, and he always carries a higher than league average barrel rate. So if Milwaukee can really get things going and he can start hitting more often with people on base in front of him, he's going to hit 30 home runs this year, more than likely. Uh, and so he could get to that 100 RBI plateau if he can get some of those guys on base in front of him. And 30 home runs, 100 RBIs out of a shortstop. It's pretty damn good, especially somebody that's fairly widely owned, but I think he gets sat a lot just because he's kind of a one-trick pony. He is really just a power guy. Uh, he's only stole four bases this year, and he was never a base dealer in the past. But uh, if you need cheap power going forward, I think Willie Domus is a good way to find it. Uh, if you're going to trade for him, though, uh, you're probably going to have to wait until he cools off from the little slugfest that he's putting on. Uh, wait till he goes a couple games without a dinger and then try and make a move. You can get him a little cheaper than some of these more premier home run guys, but he's going to put up the same type of numbers that they will for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, he's rostered in 78% of Yahoo leagues, but it's like, pick him up if he's available. I think it's he's a good good trade target, too, because like Willie Adamas, you don't think is like a, a great shortstop, especially for, for fantasy baseball. Like, okay, Willie Adamas is what everybody's hitting third for the Brewers. His expected Woba is going up over the last. 50, 100 plate appearances. Um, he's been solid. Last year, had 31 home runs, 25 the year before that, 20 in 2019. Like He's not going to hit for average, but no one hits for average nowadays. So get that power in your lineup. Unfortunately, no speed from uh, shortstop. is it, kind of tough, but you know, home runs rule, power rules, rules the world. So uh, Willie Adamas, I think, is a, is a good good person to go after. Um, And then somebody else that has... I'll say he's caught me off guard, even though I am the resident Mariners fan. So maybe he shouldn't have caught me off guard as much as he has. Mike Ford, the big boy. As I, He has been on absolute fucking fire. Uh, let's say since June 24th, he is hitting. Shout out Fangrass for always being fast when I'm trying to pull my numbers up. This never fails. Uh, he is hitting 395 with four doubles, four home runs, 11 RBIs. He has a four for four game. He's got a three for four game. 
He has three other multi-hit games. He's walking at a 10% clip. He's batting at the bottom of the Mariners order, which always sucks trying to pick up a guy that's batting like seventh and eighth in the lineup because that limits the amount of at-bats he's going to get. And it's Mike Ford, so he's not like (laughs) this dude that's going to come out and light the world on fire for the whole year. But he's like our knockoff Daniel Vogelbach now. Like we had Vogelbach a few years ago, just fucking hit 30 yeah. home runs out of nowhere. And then now he's just fucking big old chunky boy over there in New York now. Watching Mike Ford run, his feet like shuffle when he runs. He can't he can't run very fast, but 12% barrel rate, 48.5% hard hit rate. He's only owned in like 4% of ESPN leagues. So he's very widely available. Uh, and Scott Service loves him, which is big. Scott Service isn't the best manager in the world. And one thing you got to pay attention to is does he love the player? And if he does, he's going to find a way to get him in the lineup consistently. Who knows after the trade deadline? Because I think the Mariners are going to be buyers. Mike Ford could get traded at that point, or they could bring in a guy to play DH that's a lot better. But for now, Mike Ford does have some volume. Their volume does have some value. And and I think he should be, uh, man, I'm going to say probably deeper than 12-team leagues or a 12-team league that's like you got real big rosters, like 30 or 40-man rosters. Definitely have uh, big old Mike Ford on your bench. Yeah, I think that's a good call-out for, for those deeper leagues if you need you know, first base, first base, some home run power there. Also, another guy I'm looking at here has been good over the past two weeks is uh, Jesus Sanchez for the Miami Marlins, one of those big boppers down there with uh, Soler and, and De La Cruz. His baseball savant page is just bright red, expecting batting average 89th percentile, expected slugging 90th, expected Woba uh, 88th. So he's hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball to the right places. Well, he did deal with an injury earlier this year, but I think you know he's hitting uh, cleanup when when he starts for them, clean at fourth or fifth. So I think he he's someone to look for. Only rostered in three percent of uh, Yahoo leagues. So yeah, those deep leagues, fifteen plus teams or, or twelve plus teams, where you're looking for uh, some help there, I think could be a, a good look. Uh, Ted, real quick, said, do I think Swaggerty will come back this year? I'm hoping you mean Sam Haggerty because we're deep in Mariners talk right now. So I personally, man, he might come up in September. Uh, he doesn't really have a spot uh, on the roster at the moment, especially Dylan Moore's back, even though Dylan Moore fucking sucks. So Haggerty is definitely better than Dylan Moore. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think Swaggerty is going to be up. Sam Haggerty, Swaggerty is going to be up this year, at least not for a, a meaningful amount of time but i have been meaning to get back to uh, in that rainier's press box to try and get a little interview with him real quick because he was super nice last year and i just want to talk to the dude again um one more you're talking about miami uh garrett cooper has been pretty hot lately as well uh one two three five multi-hit games since june 25th Tons of RBIs. Uh, he's always been a good contact guy. The power hasn't necessarily always been there, but he's got 12 dingers on the year so far. So he's got a little bit of a power swing. Uh, and again, he's always been a guy that carries a higher on-base percentage and a good average. And so when he's ticking, uh, he gets on base quite a bit. And he's hitting pretty predominantly fifth in that order, which is a good spot. They got some some good hitters there, especially when Jazz comes back. 
whenever that might be, if he comes back for the five games he plays between now and the end of the year, uh, he's worth a net as well. Uh, I think he's owned in 15% of ESPN leagues. So another one that's pretty widely available. And I'd say he's probably worth it in uh, 12 team leagues, not even deeper than that. Like 12 team leagues. I'd say there's probably a spot for Garrett Cooper, especially when he's hitting like he is. Yeah, I think, I think that was good. I mean, getting getting average and power out of first base is huge because you have these you have these guys we talked about hit twenty five home runs, but hit, hit two hundred as well. Um, circling back to to the A's here, uh, Brent Rooker. You, you, what do you think about him? He's been up and down. He had home runs in back to back games heading into the break. Um, he was out the All Star game, possibly got some you know confidence rejuvenation there. Uh, looks like his last. 50 plate appearances starting to go back back up his expected Woba there over the past, you know, week or two, um, 16 home runs in the air, hitting, hitting 246. He's not someone like, like you can expect to roster for the whole season, but do you think maybe he gets a little bit of a bit of a boost here coming out of the break? Uh, yeah. Uh, he seems to be a hot and cold guy, man. He started the year so good. Uh, one of the top guys for barrel rate home runs. He led the league in OPS for a lot longer than a lot of people thought he, he was going to. Cooled off quite a bit. Seemed like uh, all the, uh, I mean, the good ABs kind of got to him a little bit. Maybe he was doing a little better than he expected to as well. Uh, but he's really turned things around. And again, barrel rates back up just shy of 15%, which is nuts. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but he's got to be top 10 in the league in barrel rate. 47.5% hard hit rate, 92 mile an hour average exit velocity. So he makes really, really, really hard contact. Um, I think there's still maybe in a 12 team league value, like deeper than that for sure. Maybe Soderstrom and Giloff help his value a little bit if they bat a little higher in the order. Yeah. Because. We'll have to see how that goes. I think Giloff's a bottom of the order type of hitter, though. So I don't know how that will work, but. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I think he may just end up being one of those really streaky, hot and cold hitters, kind of like a Jack Sawinski. So if that's the case, he's he's heating up right now. So uh, he's he's worth an add wherever you can get him. Yeah, I think that's uh, – you got anyone else you're, you're looking at here? Uh, I don't, but one thing I do have that everybody should be looking at is our sub stack. forgot to mention it at the top yes. of the episode – uh, fakebaseball.substack.com. Not only do me and Ryan make this podcast, not only do I write for Fantasy Pros and Ryan work for Odyssey Sports, we also have a Substack where we put out a ton of written content just for you guys. It's kind of a catch-all where we can write about all the fantasy baseball-related things that we don't have the ability to write about on the other platforms. Go subscribe over there. There's free subscriptions. Uh, if you really love us and want to continue to support our work, there's paid subscriptions as well. And we are running a giveaway over there. Uh, it is the latest post on the Substack. It's easy to find. Just go there. Uh, all we uh, Oh, and the giveaway is uh, whoever picks the MLB player that hits the most home runs between Monday and the end of the year wins the giveaway. You win a free one-year paid subscription to the Substack. And I dug into my bag of sports cards and I pulled out a, for all you sports cards addicts out there, uh, 2022 tops, Chrome gilded the very expensive version, a Rose autograph out of 25 of Kevin Gossman. Just some little extra throw out there for you guys. 
Uh, but you have to be subscribed to enter. Subscribe to the Substack. And also make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, Fake Baseball Money, Twitch, Fake Baseball Money. And you can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Oh, oh, oh.